With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Big Blue Insider is on. News Radio 630 WLAP and the iHeartRadio app. To interact with the show, call us at 859-280-2287. That's 859-280-CATS. Or you can tweet us at Big Blue Insider 1. Now, here's Dick Gabriel. Welcome, everyone, to the second hour of the Big Blue Insider here on the Home of the Cats, 630 WLAP. No Dick Gabriel tonight, but it is Billy Rutledge and Aaron Gershon, the Millennials, taking over once again. And if you'd like to join the show at all tonight, the number is 859-280-2287. That's 859-280-CATS. We've talked a lot about the Kentucky Senior Night last night that did not go as planned, the 81-73 loss to UT. But right now we want to step aside and talk to my friend Tyler Thompson, the editor-in-chief in K- of KSR. You can follow her on Twitter, at Mrs. Tyler KSR. And, and Tyler, I wish we were speaking at a better time because I would love some perspective on what's going on. You are a resident of East Nashville, one of the places that were hit hardest to uh, by the tornado just the other day. How is Nashville doing right now? How are you doing right now? And how is this city responding after such devastation? I'm personally very happy to not be talking about the Kentucky basketball <laughs> game because <laughs> that was terrible. Uh, but no, all things aside, you know, I, it's definitely been a week full of perspective. And my husband and I were very, very lucky to not be hit directly by the tornado. We were a couple blocks away but it's, it's amazing how just a few blocks away, how different everything is. And it's, it's been absolutely crazy to see your neighborhood just kind of torn apart by Mother Nature. But at the same time, it's been amazing to see people come together and try and help each other and rebuild. And, and that's kind of been what's kind of getting us through. Yeah, I was going to mention, you know, most of the images that I've seen, a lot of them on your Twitter page – uh, have been devastating, and my hearts go out to you and the residents of Nashville. I'm sure many people in the city of Lexington have friends in Nashville, or have at least been, uh, and will not see many of the same places that they saw before. A lot of places taken down, and you mentioned the residents starting to come together and starting to help each other. I, I wanted to hit on that a little bit. What have you seen? I've seen an Uber driver offer to take people to uh, to destinations that they need to go. But I've also seen schools leveled by this tornado. I I know it's a very tough situation, but how have people reacted and responded together? Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. You know, yesterday morning, my friends and I walked around just to kind of check out the damage. And we came home and then went out two hours later with work gloves and shovels and anything that we could to take help people get the debris out out of the streets and out of the yard. People have set up charging stations. So the people that don't have power can charge their phones. Food trucks are coming out and giving out free food. I mean, the most amazing part to me is just neighbors walking around with cases of water and sandwiches and Gatorade and granola bars and just handing them out to whoever's helping. 
And it's, it's really amazing to see the community come together like that. And my friends and I were part of the group that we would just walk the streets. If somebody was cutting down a tree or trying to move something, we would help, you know, jump in and help as we could. And, and it's just amazing that even in the face of such a, a ridiculous nat- natural disaster that humanity can kind of prevail. That's exactly right. You know, that faith in humanity restored. You spend so much time on social media sometimes. Well, us as millennials, <laughs> me and Aaron, it's, you know, you can kind of lose perspective on what really matters. And when you do reach those lows, people can come together and work for that greater good. Uh, before we move off of this point, I want to ask, is there any way that we can help in the efforts there? Is What is the best way for us to get involved to help the people in Nashville in any way? That's a great question. Um, so if you're in Nashville and you want to go out there and help yourself, there's an organization called Hands-On Nashville that kind of organizes volunteers to go out and help in the city. But if you're in Lexington or somewhere else in Kentucky and you want to help, the Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee has set up an emergency response fund that you can donate to, and you can find that at communityfoundationofmiddletennessee.com. There's also, you know, obviously American Red Cross and the Standard uh, disaster charities. Uh, it's and um, we are partnering with Kentucky Branded to put a T-shirt out that says Nashville Strong, which has kind of become, you know, it sounds very millennial, but the hashtag <laughs> of this whole event and the community organization. Um, they've put out a T-shirt that's partnering with the American Red Cross and WKYT 98.1 The Bull, and 100% of the proceeds will go to those who need it most in Nashville. And you can get that at KentuckyBranded.com. I want to kind of combine this with sports. And I know it came at Kentucky's expense, but does it almost feel right that, you know, Tennessee <laughs> having what went through the state that not only did the, the Vols win last night in the fashion they did, but Vanderbilt, who's obviously the last two years been the bottom of the conference, hardly, I think they had one win combined the last two years, and they pull out a win against Alabama on the road against an Alabama team that's, pretty much that was their tournament right there. They needed that. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. I mean, Vanderbilt, who's been so bad this season, they won and Tennessee came back from a 17 point deficit to Kentucky. I mean, it's wild. Um, I will say, although there are probably of all the schools, there are more Tennessee fans in Nashville than other schools. I mean, there, there's so many different people from different areas of the South and of the country that, I feel like I know just as many Kentucky fans as I do Tennessee fans. And it was, it was fascinating. One of the Kentucky fans that I know in my neighborhood, just because I feel like I know all the Kentucky fans in my neighborhood. um, I saw him, his house was affected by the tornado. He had a bunch of trees pulled up in his backyard and just a ton of damage back there. So I went over to help him and to kind of talk to him. Turns out he's a former Kentucky football player who oh. walked on at UK from 2003 to 2007. So it's, it's amazing the stories he was telling of just people coming off of the streets with chainsaws to help, help him take down those trees. He said that last night he had 70 people and probably three-fourths of them total strangers in his backyard helping him take care of that debris. 
Speaking with Tyler Thompson, the editor-in-chief of KSR, you can follow her on Twitter, at Mrs. Tyler KSR, and also a resident of East Nashville, kind of recalling some of the events after the tornado that recently went through there. Tyler, I, I won't make you relive last night and the, the senior <laughs> night debacle. I had plenty of questions about it for you, but I do want to ask you one simple question, and I think you ha- you can give a good answer here because you've covered the Cats for quite a while now. What is a successful season for UK men's basketball. It's championship or bust for some fans, right? Some fans don't care about the SEC regular season title or the SEC tournament, like my friend Aaron here. But (laughs) what would you define UK men's basketball success as, and and how far do you see this current team going? Well, I think it's kind of changed over the years, especially during the Calipari era. I think kind of early on in the Cal era, there was so much major success. You know, you went to so many Final Fours. And then we've kind of had a stretch of, of four or five years where Elite Eight has been the ceiling. And I think for this team, Elite Eight would be a, a good accomplishment. But because of the randomness of college basketball right. and, and last night aside, I think that their ceiling is, is Final Four National Championship. I, I still believe that even despite last night's ridiculous second half. So I think because of the year, I I still think that a Final Four is on the table, although I think an Elite Eight would be an amazing accomplishment. I do want to ask you your take on all the Ashton Hagen's drama, though. I saw you wrote some about it today, and obviously Mac Jones, uh, your colleague, has been over it. What's your take on all that? It's really troubling. I mean, I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill, but when you get into a fight with your coach on the bench and fans see it, it you know, and, it, and he kind of took those tensions to the court. You could see it in his play. I just, I'm really, I hope it's just a fluke. I hope it's Ashton having an off night. I hope that most of all that this serves as a wake-up call to him and the rest of the team that if you want to get any of these, like, issues out get them out now because it's about to be the postseason and although you know the sec tournament depending on who you may speak to may or may not matter but the tournament after that certainly does so if you're going to have an issue get it out figure out the solution and move on finally ryan howard for the uk women's basketball team was named sec player of the year and currently ranks third in the nation with over 23 points per game she may be the best UK women's basketball player, obviously in my lifetime. What about yours and how long you've been covering the UK Wildcats, Tyler? Oh, totally. I mean, she is amazing. And watching her play is so fun. And, and I, you know, I think of past UK Hoops players like Michaela Epps was great. And we've had a couple more Valerie still. But it seems like Ryan Howard is kind of eclipsing, eclipsing those girls and and I really hope they do well in the SEC tournament and beyond. It's been a rough kind of weird few years for Matthew Mitchell and the UK Hoops program, but Ryan Howard is so fun to watch, and I think you can see how, how great she is by the respect she gets from the men's team. You know, they all, mm-hmm. like, treat her as, a, you know, just as great a talent as she is, and that's really cool to see. They could have used her last night with Ashton Hagen. Troubles. Man, they really could. <laughs> she has, you know, got out there. I would have been on board. Well, Tyler, I know it's been a rough and weird week for you as well, but we really thank you for coming on the show and giving us this interesting perspective when it comes to UK and Nashville. We're sending prayers your way, and best of luck in the rebuild that's going on right now. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Tyler Thompson of KSR. You can follow her on Twitter, at Mrs. Tyler KSR.
and prayers go out to what's going on there in Nashville. Those images Absolutely. have been insane. Yeah, and I asked Rick Barnes about it, and he had a great answer. Uh, yeah, you just pray for them, and I really think sports is pretty magical how it works out. And I, I mean, I know UK fans don't want to hear it, but I think I think what what happened was supposed to happen. You heard it here first from Aaron. Sports are magical. This sports show will go until 8 o'clock. It's Billy Rutledge and Aaron Gershon. And if you'd like to join the show, 859-280-2287. That's 859-280-CATS. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to give you an update on the U.K. baseball team that's currently playing Murray State right now. And also a couple fun stuff here. We'll leave it. We'll keep it in the world of sports, but we'll branch around a little bit, as well as taking your phone calls. You're listening to the Home of the Cats on 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats, 630 WLAP. Leave the white bands, headbands at home. This is the Big Blue Insider here on the Home of Cats, 630 WLAP. I butchered that, but Fulkerson did not. got the point. They butchered Kentucky last night. They did. On senior night, it's Billy Rutledge and Aaron Gersh, Sean Bo Robinson keeping us running answering all the phone calls. If you'd like to join the show, 859-280-2287, 859-280-CATS. Just before we go to the phones, I want to get a quick U.K. baseball update playing Murray State at Kentucky Proud Park right now. Last time we checked, they were winning by two, Aaron. Not anymore. Tie game. Go in the bottom of the ninth. That says all you need to know about uh, this year's U.K. baseball team. And it's not like they're playing Florida. They're not playing Mississippi State. They're playing Murray State. Well, look. The- though, I'll, I'll say this about Murray State real quick. They are a really good offensive team. They're batting 311 as a club, which I think Dick pointed out on the broadcast is 10th best in the nation. So they can hit, but they're still Murray State, and this is the SEC. Well, they did win yesterday, 12-4 to versus Cincinnati, in which their starting pitcher, Dylan Marsh, went six innings, yeah. giving up three runs and eight strikeouts. But their bullpen also went three innings, only allowing one run. So, so Actually, the bullpen's been a lot better than any of us expected. Um, they're still a pretty young group, but... They've pitched pretty well. Sh- the strikeout numbers are really good compared to walks this year. But Well, when you have Araja New and TJ Collette both hitting two yeah. home runs in the last game, it just does come down to that pitching. Yeah, and hopefully they, they can step up to the plate this year. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> All right, we go to the phones. Rick in Claysville is calling into the show. Rick, how are you doing tonight? What is going on, guys? I really enjoy the two of you together. You guys are, you know, you've got good chemistry, and I appreciate that. I'm Long-time listener. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of people come and go through the radio station there, and you guys are right up there with uh, a couple of the best new guys, and I can see where you, you guys will really, you know, you're already doing great, but you, I think you're going to gel and, and be good for years to come. I hope you're with us. But anyway. Appreciate that. Really appreciate that, Rick. Thank you. Hey, I, I'm, I'm dead serious about that. But anyway, hey, uh, let me let me knock out this, this one quick one sure. uh, real fast. Um, have you ever seen a call when quickly shot a three? Uh, he got clobbered uh, after the shot was gone, and even the announcer said he'll be going to the line shooting three. And the next thing you know, he's not going to the line because the foul occurred after he landed. You ever heard of that before? I, honestly, it's funny when that happened on Media Row. All of us thought. It was going into the TV timeout, so all of us, you know, put on our little Twitter updates. Yep, quickly going to the line for three after this break, and that's exactly what all of us thought and what I thought. And then to hear 
that was the call, that the foul occurred after the act of shooting. I have never seen that in my life before. And actually, Kenny Skywalker hadn't seen it in his life before, according to him. So yeah, that, Kenny hasn't seen it. Most, Kenny hasn't seen it before. No one's seen it. If that's in it, like a, a well-hidden NCAA rule, I mean, it just goes hand-in-hand hand with the, the, the uh, you know, guys going into their motion and shooting quickly tries to get away with that all the time. Maybe that penalized him on that particular play. Like he's a guy that's just trying to draw fouls. But I mean, that guy is shooting a three gets clobbered after the shot, which the guy had an unfair advantage by rising up and toward him and made him shoot an off centered shot. And he don't even get to shoot foul shots. Yeah. No, I'm totally in agreement with you. We share your frustration, Rick, and it is not the only issue that has arisen with college basketball officiating this year, if you agree with that. <laughs> Oh, I, I agree 100%. That I think that was a, a terribly cold game last night, I, both ways. You know, I think Kentucky got away with fouls, and they absolutely did. The reason I'm calling is, do you guys notice that we never sit like or set up like the high pick and roll? Quickly has got to run his fanny off from side to side and in and out. I don't count them picks as much as him just trying to shed his guy. Why is it that Cal will not set a high-low pick for him? Send one of the big guys out there and be an obstacle in his way of trying to get free. And another thing, he never does the pick and roll where, you know, they scrape a player off and then they toss it into the big guy running down the lane after he picked your man off of you. That's it. I'd like to hear you guys comment about that. No picks for quickly, and it burns my you-know-what. So I'll let you go, guys. Great point. Great call, Rick. Thank you for calling into the show. I, I agree. There's a lot of things that you don't see Cal doing uh, when it comes to inbounds plays or whether it comes to high ball screens or whether it comes to setting sets. I, the last two games, you look at Auburn and Bruce Pearl and Tennessee with Rick Barnes, two vastly different offensive schemes than what you see at Kentucky, the dribble drive. You drive in, try to – Find some space to kick it out to a shooter. That has been Kentucky's bread and butter since the day that Cal has gotten here. And he's stubborn. I, I think that is the best <laughs> no, way to uh, put it, Rick. Just look about zone defense. Zone defense when it comes to his guys. Ashton Hagens is talking back to him on the sideline, and he still puts him in the game for the rest of the game. I know it's ride or die many of the times with Coach Cal and some of his players. But at the same time, Cal, you know much more about basketball than I do. But an occasional high ball screen or an occasional inbounds play would help a lot. Yeah, maybe we're, we're what does he like to call us? Not basketball bennies, not basketball people, whatever. Now, uh, for, I want to say I, I, Cal is uh, you. It's hard to trade Cal for anybody in the game. I mean, we're ripping on him a little bit today, and I guess that's what you do after a loss. That's kind of just you can't really explain. First senior night loss, man. Yeah, but got to do it for. I just want to point that out. Cal's a heck of a coach. He's one of the best in the country. I I don't think anyone should be calling. It, his head for his head or anything like that. Oh no! But no. but well, people do, and it's crazy. But anyway, the high that is an excellent point. I've actually wondered that myself. I feel like quickly he's kind of just running all over the place, and when he finally is able to get open, you know, he'll make the shot more times than he won't. But I, I don't I don't see why you have a body like Nick, who is one of the more physical big guys in the country when he's playing the right way. Why not use that to your advantage? You have EJ Montgomery, who, in my opinion, maybe the numbers don't show it, but he's played a heck of a lot better and tougher the last much better than Richards has the last week. Best of his career so far for EJ. He's having the best run of his career, and I think 
that's kind of just where Kentucky wants him to be. He's getting there. But it, <laughs> it is hard to explain. It's a really good question point, and there are a couple different things that Cal is stubborn about, and that seems to be one of them. Let me read you a quote from Emmanuel quickly last night before we go into our bottom of the hour break. I think guys are really animated because they really care. If they didn't care, they wouldn't have said anything. In every good relationship, people argue. Manuel quickly trying to be that calming influence for the Kentucky Wildcats after what was everything but of a senior night last night. All right, we're taking a break. When we come back, the coronavirus is shutting down sporting events in the United States. Also much more to come here on the Big Blue Insider, the home of the Cats, 630 WLAP. You're listening to Big Blue Insider with Dick Gabriel on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Come see about it. This is the Big Blue Insider here on the home of the Cats, 630 WLAP. Lynn Bowden, in attendance of that UKUT game last night, took a picture with Tim Couch. How about that? UK football royalty. In the house, uh, Aaron Gershon, I am Billy Rutledge, along with Bo Robinson, who's going to be chiming in a little bit as we get through some of the more fun and wacky topic topics in sports in the final 30 minutes of the show. But if you'd like to join the show, 859-280-2287, that's 859-280-CATS, or you can tweet us at BillyRSports and at Gershon 99 We have a walk-off at Kentucky Proud Park, Aaron. Yeah, freshman John Rhodes, who's had a really nice start. To his collegiate career, really been a starter. Well, he was supposed to play third. Now, with all the injuries in the outfield, hit a walk-off home run, barely, but got into the Kentucky bullpen. And let's play some ball. Lives, Murray State. You don't seem excited about this, Aaron. They shouldn't need a walk-off to beat Murray State. I mean, really. it's it's a win, and they're above five hundred for now. No, I love Kentucky. I, I I love the Kentucky baseball program. I love the new ballpark. Covering them is a lot of fun, but a lot has changed in the last two, three years here. And I know UK baseball is not a historic winner, but man, if you saw what they had on the field in seventeen and even eighteen, they didn't make the tournament, which you know kind of was self inflicted. But you would understand the fresh. Well, it's a new season, Aaron, and if Nick Mingione is going to want to stick around, this UK baseball team is going to have to beat a lot more Murray States in the coming future. But let's talk a little bit of di- something else. Aaron, if I said out of 10 times you went to the bathroom, what? how many of those 10 times do you wash your hands? <laughs> well, I don't want to get in. Come on, I'm putting you on the spot here. I, your mom's I not listening. I would say 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. Okay, Bo, what about you? Are 10 you, out of 10. Okay, I'm 12 out of 10 now because of what's going on. <laughs> well, what's happening you have a point. You absolutely I was not 12 point. out of 10 before this has all happened. So I will, put, I will raise my right hand and say that I am now being impacted by the virus that is sweeping over the country. And now the United States sporting events are starting to be active yeah. or uh, impacted by the coronavirus. Have you seen this, Aaron? Starting on Saturday. First, I'll start with Saturday. There was a release by the National College Players Association. This is a nonprofit that advocates for the rights and safety of college athletes. They advised the NCAA to encourage fans to stay away from tournament games, citing concerns about the disease. Now, you know that's not going to happen because the NCAA has got to get their money, whether it be on the backs of 18-year-olds or on the bottoms of fans sitting in their arenas. Besides the point. The NCAA is going to get yeah. their money. Oh, of course. But also... Check this out. Chicago State 
has canceled four athletic events for their men's and women's basketball teams today. They canceled uh, upcoming WAC conference games in Seattle and Utah Valley in fear of the coronavirus. They also canceled two home games where the Seattle and the Utah Valley teams were coming to Chicago. Now, do you know what the record is? Yes. Okay. I do. It's like so, 2, so two and did 14, you have the same, 0 and 14. Right. So when you read that, did yes. you have the same thought I did? Yes. Yeah. They just don't want to play. They're like, oh, <laughs> just throw it in. You're telling me there's coronavirus in Seattle? We're not coming. Yeah, we're, we're not going. Anywhere. Better we're not fine. risk it. The country of Italy has closed all sporting events to fans until April 3rd. So those massive soccer stadiums will be completely empty while teams in Italy play soccer events. Where is this headed, guys? I mean, are we – I don't think we're canceling NCAA tournament games. Oh. But – I do think there is something to be said. The NMLB has come out and said fan or players should not autograph fans' with, baseballs. Well, I read more into that. Don't they are fine with autographs, but they don't want them taking pens. I heard the same thing from the NBA that they did yeah. not want the so pens. Autographs from the are fans. fine, but pens from the fans are not. That's what they're saying. Okay, but where do we draw the line here? Okay, uh, we're gonna have players bring their own pens, uh, and then they're, they're gonna have masks on when they sign for autographs, or eventually. Do you think that any big-time sporting events, the Kentucky Derby, which seems to be a melting pot for different cultures and people from across the world, the Breeders' Cup, which is going to be in Lexington this year, where do we draw the line here uh, and seriously talking about the coronavirus and groups of crowds and spreading it? Because let me tell you, I'll tell you one more thing before you comment. Last night's game, remember, I'm in the upper section for the first time last night. And the guy right next to me is a Kentucky fan. We're sitting right next to each other. He gives out a loud whistle. And the one you use with your fingers, that you just, the whole the, every player in the arena can hear your freaking whistle. He's got one of those. Yeah. He blows it right into my ear. So I immediately turn to him and say, hi, how you doing? Might as well introduce myself to the guy if he's going to be whistling <laughs> in my ear the whole time. And he goes, I'm doing good. Shakes my hand. And then he coughs several times. And you, like a good spectator, Billy, I'm gonna have to pulled out your hand. And I, my right? eyes went wider than Oreos. And he goes, oh, don't worry. Just just a cold I've had for the last week or so. It is not coronavirus. He tells me that it's not coronavirus. <laughs> he knows that I'm already scared for my life because I have just shaken this man's hand with the loudest whistle in Rupp Arena and also one of the carriers of the coronavirus. Well, you had it rough last night. I did. I did. My girlfriend was distracted for the entire first half trying to find the Hannah Ann on the sideline. Well, and it's all her fault. Yeah. I'll tell Gosh. you this. I was not not in a similar situation like yours, but I had the same thought. I'm walking on the concourse, and I heard somebody throw up a lung, oh. um, and I stopped, and it creeped into my head. What if there's no what, – what if I can't go to the SEC tournament? What if I can't go see the Rolling Stones in, in, in June? What – you know, what if I can't go to Keeneland? 11 people have died in the United States, and it is currently in 16 All states. Right. Now, listen, it is I'm about really to, affecting I'm the elderly and the people with pre, pre-existing conditions. It's not like Bo Robinson in perfectly athletic fine health <laughs> is going to catch the coronavirus on the concourse at UK. But at the same time, a lot of healthy people are getting this, and they're not getting the symptoms. They're spreading it without knowing. And I'm not going to come on here and be the authority on the coronavirus. But at the same time, I think there are plenty of concerned citizens out here in Lexington that want to know if we should be going to these sporting events in the next years. I don't know. Maybe I'm just bringing up the causes for you to figure out the answers later, but somebody's got to start asking these questions. Is, I get 
why people are scared. There's no cure. The scary thing is right now there's no cure, right? There's no cure. It's going to take about a year to develop one. Sure. But are we going to let fear of something that is still at very low risk of, are we going to let that ruin our lives and let the virus win? Like, I understand that, well, that's what it would do if we have the NCAA tournament and empty arenas or cancel the Olympics. That's what we do. And is that okay? Like, you only live once here. It's a short life. Like Look, I understand. I'm not saying. I'm, I'm not, not. I'm saying trying not to not die. Scary. It is one life. No, I get it. I'm not saying it's it's not scary because I'm scared of it too, and I'm being extra cautious and I'm paranoid. But you can't just like live in fear, man. You just can't. <laughs> it, it, the flu is going around much worse, much easier to get, and it kills a hell of a lot more people. UK senior night didn't go as planned. We could all agree with that, right? Sure. But senior nights across the country have really, I'm going to say what I said, the same thing to Tyler Thompson, it's starting to restore my faith in humanity. There's obviously the uh, conversation about Thomas Snacks Lee. You saw that one, right, Bo? I've heard about it, but I haven't had a chance Snacks to really get it. Snacks is Uh-oh. a team manager for Jackson State. And Snacks is a little bit bigger than what you would say the average jersey size was able to fit on him. A, a four-year manager at the team. you got to look this up if you haven't seen it on Twitter yet. Thomas Snacks Lee drains a long three-pointer in the Jackson State's win versus Arkansas Pine Bluff. The, you know, just four years of working your butt off, washing the clothes of other people, getting everybody's you know things and equipment situated, and you're able to go on the court and make a difference and, yep. and get those people's reaction when you make a basket. Hard work paying off. You love to see it. And then there's also something that happened last night with Vermont University. Now, have you seen this, Aaron? Josh Spiedel scored his first collegiate points last night for Vermont, the former three-star recruit. In 2015, Super Bowl Sunday suffered a traumatic brain injury in a car crash that left him in a coma for five weeks. Doctors told Josh's parents that he might have to live the rest of his days in a vegetable state, need 24 hours care, and never read above the fourth grade level. Well, last night, he scored a basket for Vermont and will graduate with a 3.4 GPA. you love comeback stories like yep. this. And Senior Night is just one of those avenues that you can find some of the best stories in sports. Agreed. Agreed. Both. Especially that one. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. And that's all I got. That's all you can say. It's just fun to watch. And like you said, it gives you a little bit of a reminder that humanity is still... Still, they're Snacks, more good than bad. Snacks was named Southwestern Athletic Conference Player of the Week. And I saw people getting mad about that because it's like, oh, well, he doesn't work like the players do. Like, oh, my God, just let one week. Do, do the, I mean, I'm not saying it's a big accomplishment because you're playing sports at a D1 level and to be the best in your conference for a week is amazing and mm-hmm. something that most people can't say they'll ever get to do. Um, but... It's not like he's winning the MVP of the league or taking right. Yeah, like, it doesn't like it matters. On. Not like it matters. Shut it and let it be. I will say, and I'm going to whisper this because I mean no disrespect, but he did miss three times before he made the fourth one. Well, that's why he's a manager. <laughs> Here, here's my question: Did he get in an argument with this coach? Oh, oh, bro! Thank you. Bo brings it back. Maybe Thank he you. did. Maybe he did. Maybe the, he had to argue. Did he refuse to go in at any point? Snacks, get in the game. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, because you're only going to take me back out, Coach. I'm not going in. By the way, I I think Bo's mad at Ashton Higgins. I don't know why I think that. 
I think, you know, there is a lot of anger after this last loss. And not just because of the Hagans and, and how it happened, which is one reason to make you mad, but it's who it was against. And it was yeah. at Rupp Arena, and it was on senior night. And you talk about cheese fondue melting pots right there for Kentucky fans to be angry. I'm insulted. <laughs> I really am. I mean, this has just bothered me all day that we lost to the Tennessee Flopopotami. <laughs> okay. And by the way, let me throw this one out for you. Yeah, Rick Barnes please. against Cal. Yeah. Seven and five at Kentucky. Yeah. Seven and five yes. versus Cal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Still, UK has not swept Tennessee since 2012. And given just like the historical numbers in the rivalry, uh, I'll double check on that, but it's very one-sided. Tells you all you need to know, in my opinion. I like Rick Barnes. I do, too. I got nothing I do against too. him. And we were talking about before uh, we went on the air, it's kind of hard for us to say anything bad about There's Rick Barnes. There's nothing bad to say about Rick Barnes. Well, now I we got something to say. Now, I, I do have a lot to say. The big blue collapse of 2020. Let me talk about Rick Barnes. Bo, Bo, do you remember the Tennessee game at Tennessee? Uh, I read a stat here that that 17-point loss yesterday was the biggest blown lead since February 2nd of 2016 in which UK blew a 21-point lead at UT, in which it ended up in an 84-77 to loss. Do you remember that game at all? I've tried erasing it. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. I, I don't remember the particulars of it, but I'll tell you this. Billy Gillespie didn't blow a 17-point lead to lose on senior night. He didn't, but Coach Cal did. But Coach Cal did. Coach Cal blew a double-digit lead. I love I'm, I'm just stirring the pot a little bit, that's all. Uh, if you'd like to stir the pot... We got one more segment left here, the millennial takeover of the Big Blue Insider, 859-280-2287 or 859-280-CATS. When we come back, taking your phone calls and House Bill 65, it will soon become a misdemeanor to argue with an official. Really? Let's find out. Here on the Home of the Cats, 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats, 630 WLAP. This is the Big Blue Insider here on the Home of the Cats, 630 WLAP. Final segment for the Millennials, Billy Rutledge, Aaron Gershon, and non-millennial Bo Robinson. We will be back Friday for another full show. Dick Gabriel will be on the call for the U.K. baseball team once again as they start their weekend series versus Bradley University. We got Dick back with us tomorrow. We do. We got him back tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit about this senior night that we've, uh, we've exhausted at this point. But um, I do want to say, before I give a PSA to end the show, I do want to mention House Bill 65, something that uh, is news of the day, something that we could see very soon in the future. The Kentucky House panel advanced a bill today that uh, aimed to protect sports officials from threats, a bill that would make intimidation of a sports official a Class A misdemeanor is going through the rounds right now. Any sports official... From Little League to college in the state of Kentucky, this would apply to. Now, a person is guilty of intimidation when he or she makes any threat to a sports official to cause physical injury or property damage. This has not been approved yet. The bill will go to the House floor. Not clear when it will be called to the floor. But I got a couple questions here when it comes to the the ambiguity, ambiguity, whatever that word is, ambiguity, I don't even know how to say it. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do when somebody starts getting in the grill of an official? They don't threaten to hurt them. They don't threaten to destroy their property, but it gets escalated to that level. We've all seen parents get there, right? Does it need to be a misdemeanor? 
I, I do realize that an official is probably the least desired job in the country right now, especially college basketball officials, just because of all the hate that they get. But does putting this boundary on it really going to solve the problems here? No. <laughs> I, I'm okay. See, I defend officials because I've said on this show many times, I have a family friend who's an MLB umpire. It's a hard job. Fair. And you're not Fair. always going to get it right. It's inevitable. Mistakes are going to happen. And I think I think what's going on in college basketball, specifically in the SEC, uh, might be, you know, you, you might need to do, I don't know what has to be done, but something does because the calls have been... There have just been games that have been so outrageously bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think taking anyone's job away is the way to go, but whether it's better training, coming up with just you know universal decisions, and but yeah, this law I don't have an issue with protecting anybody, but I think if a, it takes some fun out of the game, if I, I don't think you should be threatening anyone in the first place. But well, this is for the guys that beat on the locker room doors, right? It's the guy, the parents that follow the officials yeah, to their cars happen. at night after a bad call or in a game. That can't happen, especially in high school sports. These guys are a lot of the people that do, you know officiate these games. Do it out of the kindness of their heart. Aaron, I know, growing up playing rec league and all that, these they weren't getting paid to ref games. The fiercest parents that I've seen have been at eight-year-old little league they level. They need to shut it. These little league parents that think that their kids are the next Barry Bonds or Mark McGuire. Maybe some steroids will do that. And their kids playing in right field instead of shortstop. Let me tell you, they're going to be vocal. Okay, They're going to tell them about it. But I think this could solve some problems. But at the same time, I think there still needs to be a lot more work to be done because you could have a Bo Robinson at Rupp Arena situation arise Uh where he is Uh quite upset at some of the calls that are being made. Uh, against the YouTube when, volunteers. when it crosses over to the point where there's a government entity telling me that I cannot call a re- <laughs> official a spread killer within uh, the last minute of the game, now I've got a problem. Okay, the um, <laughs> you're so right, you're so right. Because I mean, they did say in the article when they were talking about this that arguments will still be allowed. Okay, Good. but that's part of the fun of it. That is, that is. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a healthy that's argument from a fan who's disgruntled you mean, about them losing. You mean losing. to tell me I can't sit there and yell? It's the Don Daly Show or Teddy TV Valentine. We do know a lot of them by name now. I oh, I, Doug, I check Doug them every shows, day. Yes. The Doug Show shows, and there have been examples of people taking it too far. Many examples. Yeah, but at the same time. I think something has to be done because maybe this could help start to solve the issues that is officiating. Now, maybe I'm just wishful thinking here, and maybe that'll take 15, 20 years, a generation to rotate through of officials that aren't berated after every call they make. But something has to be done because it is an epidemic, especially in college basketball. You know, I was uh, uh, your boy, Vladimir Tadal, the uh, one of the officials last night. Right? I, I looked at stuff up. I was calling him Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> And I was yelling at lower rain of my friend and I we're going, Vlad the Impaler. I'm not one to call out officiating, but there were some bad calls yeah. last night. That was bad. It there were a lot ways. of no calls on UT, and then they'd call Kentucky after for doing the same thing. I think it, I think it went both ways. Our caller said it right. It went both ways. I don't know. All right. PSA, final two minutes of the show. I have a PSA for Big Blue Nation after what has been a very tough 24 hours. It's tough, right? You've won the SEC regular season title. You want to beat Tennessee and Florida. You want to win out to get a highest seed as you can. 
But if you think the solution after what happened last night is to go on social media and tweet Ashton Hagens, if your solution is to go on social media and tweet at Nick Richards or this some of these 18, 19-year-old kids that are not playing for a cent and you have the nerve to cuss them out or to threaten them or to blame them for anything, say get a life. Yeah. I say get off your phone and go find something else to do because you are a sad person and those kids do not deserve it no matter how hard they play on the court or how bad they play. Oh. It's a real thing. These people, these kids can get depressed off of some of the things that are sent on social media. So don't go there. Don't be that guy. Don't send tweets at these kids. Yeah, we poke fun at Cal for the whole robots and machines thing, but the point is completely correct. I mean, these kids are just like, you know, your 13-year-old or your 19-year-old kid that's not playing NCAD one. They have feelings. They're human beings. They're, and they're human beings. They deserve. And you know what? They're like you said, busting their butts for free, trying to bring home a national championship that they're not going to, other than publicity, they're not going to benefit off of. Look, just like financially, that is. Emmanuel, quickly, everybody close your eyes and take a deep breath. We will make it to tomorrow. That's going to do it for us on the Big Blue Insider. I am Billy Rutledge, along with Aaron Gershon. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank you, Bo, for coming in and pushing all the buttons for us. This is the Home of the Cats, 630 WLAP. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.